Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and click subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Mark chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. And he said to them, Most certainly I tell you, there are some standing here who will in no way taste death until they see God's kingdom come with power. Now, this is a verse that is one of those oft misunderstood passages. Jesus was not, as perhaps it seems on the surface, referring to his second coming and the start of his earthly kingdom. Keep in mind that chapter breaks were put in later for the ease of the reader. But in context with his words previously, back at the end of chapter 8, Jesus has been telling his apostles about his soon crucifixion and resurrection. Therefore, it would be this action that would ordain the beginning of the kingdom of God. This kingdom that would begin at the Lord's triumph over death was not a physical earthly kingdom at this point, but rather a right and authority to rule over the eventual kingdom. Such will one day indeed be a real kingdom, but until that day it would and will exist only in the hearts and the lives of his children. The Lord's inner circle, consisting of Peter, James, and John, would now personally witness a glimpse of that coming kingdom. They would have a taste of that glory to come. A joy, peace, and security and fulfillment and perfection of that kingdom. Verse 2, we read, After six days Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and brought them up onto a high mountain privately by themselves. And he was changed into another form in front of them. His clothing became glistening exceedingly white like snow such as no launderer on earth can whiten. These who were with Christ were now going to experience the magnitude of his being as they were being led by him high on top of a mountain. It seems that Jesus always leads. He rarely finds it necessary to push from behind. Now these men were led by Christ away from the others, that they might witness his transfiguration. That word, transfiguration, means metamorphosis. So Jesus, for a moment, became on the outside what he was literally on the inside. Mark, in his gospel, says Jesus became whiter than anyone on earth could make something white. Like a butterfly from a caterpillar, Jesus shined with Shekinah glory. These chosen men saw the visible manifestation of who Christ is. Same word used here concerning what occurred with Christ is also scripturally directed to us and our own personal transformation. You can read about that in Romans 12, verse 2, and 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. Now, I have no doubt that the words here in describing the events upon that mountain that day 
can only fall incredibly short. I mean, how can mere words encompass presentation of the manifest glory of God? Mark describes what he saw the best he could. Jesus shined like Moses on the mountain after he received the Ten Commandments. But the glory that Moses possessed faded away in time because he was merely reflecting the true glory of God. It is a glory that Christ possesses alone in this story. Verse 4. Elijah and Moses suddenly appeared on that mountain and talked with Jesus. We read, Elijah and Moses appeared to them and they were talking with Jesus. I guess we can gather from this fact that there is therefore no such thing as reincarnation. I mean, the specific appearance of these two men, it wasn't just happenstance. They represented the law and the prophets. Those who now stood before the Messiah, who was the grace and the salvation of the world. Jesus, therefore, was the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, both of these men and of their messages. Verse 5, Peter answered Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let's make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. But he didn't know what to say. Verse 6, for they were very afraid. Oh, Peter, Peter, Peter. Peter is again quick to speak when he should have kept his mouth shut. But you know, it's hard to condemn him. It's something that we all are guilty of at one point or another. I mean, Peter seems spoke at this point out of fear, not yet understanding that passage that says perfect love casts out all fear. Now, the Gospel of Luke tells us that these boys were falling asleep when Moses and Elijah appeared, proving once again that these whom Christ used so greatly were indeed just men like you and I. Men so chosen, and men who answered that call in all of their humanity humanity, and in their weakness. Peter, by so quickly speaking, shows that he even yet did not fully understand. After all, his three tabernacles remark placed the three that stood before him all on equal level. You see, he didn't yet grasp the fact that Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, quote-unquote, were merely harbingers of the coming Messiah. They were only the voices of the coming fulfillment of Jesus Christ. Now, up until this point, I, I think those apostles thought they knew who Jesus was. But it was not truly clear to them until here when the truth was made real before them. Now, Jesus, he was indeed the Messiah. But now they were enlightened somewhat as to well, what that holy even meant. He was the fulfillment of all who had come before him. He was the fulfillment of the master plan of God. Verse 7 of our text reads, A cloud came, overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Now that's a profound message that was delivered there on top of that mountain. 
It was not the law and the prophets that held the answers to life. No, it was Jesus. It was and is him that we are ultimately to hear. Now, this is the second time God spoke from heaven to declare that Jesus was his son. The second time God declared that Jesus was the earthly embodiment of God himself. That was our daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim or JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.